The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Because I like it. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I am Jackie Zabrowski. And I want to start off the show by welcoming everybody that uh, my buddy Pete sent over from uh, his blog, yeah. stilldrinking.org. It's dot .org. Dot last org. time he fucking gave a piece of shit, gave me shit about saying dot .com last well, time. Well, it is a big difference, Marcus. <laughs> I hate to difference. tell it to you. I'm sorry, Pete. I'm fucking sorry. But no, thanks everyone for coming over. Uh, Pete's a very good friend of mine and one of my favorite drinking buddies in the whole fucking world uh and damn just a damn good friend uh go out and read his book uh and then i thought i was a fish it's available on amazon and all that shit it's in my bag right now pete i bet i'm gonna read it before marcus reads it (laughs) as soon as i finish with the wise man's fear the second book in the king killer chronicles as soon as i finish that i've only got like 20 pages left i'm diving into your book so I'm going to read your book, and then maybe we'll have Pete on the show. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah I have. I just have a little bit of ways uh, in the book that I'm currently reading as well. So when I'm done with that, I will also pick it up and read it. <laughs> Skippy Dies. Skippy Dies. Book. It's yeah, a great yeah. book. It's yeah. great. Yeah, Got it's, it for Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. It's a, yeah, it's a nice little slice of life book about characters that you shouldn't care about, but the writer is so fucking good that you love you each do. and every one of them, even the ones you're supposed to hate. You still care about them. It's a fan, best book I've read in a year. Uh, Skippy Dies. I w- could not recommend it more. It's great. But speaking of fiction, one thing we were talking about before the show, uh, we were out back and Jackie was telling me about something she read on Reddit oh, today. Oh, no. It's, I mean, I am an emotional person. I really, I cry at the drop of a hat. But every once in a while, man, I got got last night <laughs> hard. I was looking through Reddit, and there was a, which we've talked about Calvin and Hobbes on here before. Mm-hmm. It was a fan fiction short story um, about Calvin on his deathbed. And he had married Susie Durkins, and he asked to see Hobbes one more time. No. <laughs> And so she goes home and she goes to the attic and she brings Hobbs to him. And for the first time in all those years, Hobbs came back, like back to life Fuck. for him. And, and Hobbs was just so excited to hear about all the adventures he had been on since he saw him last. And he like, they talked about all of his life adventures and in the end, his... <laughs> I know every person right now who read that same story is just going like fuck you man (laughs) Man, fuck you for bringing it up man look look on reddit and try and find it's just a short story and then his grandson comes in and jumps on the bed and uh and then his son comes and follows suit and he's like oh i'm sorry he's been getting into everything and you know having all these wacky tales lately i can't control him and he realized he has to give hobbs to his grandson and Hobbs says he'll take care of him (laughs) and then Calvin closes his eyes and goes on his last adventure. I refuse to read it. I can't. I didn't think about it all day. I was trying not to because I cried about it last night when I was explaining to Marcus. I can't control myself. I've never seen anything affect you like this. Oh my God. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And it's just a short story. And I don't know why. I mean,. We, you know, we talked about Calvin Hobbes. It affects me very much. It was just really, really well written. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to like, 
jump back into that childhood self where, you know, Hobbs is like, well, you grew up. And I understood. You had to grow up. And he's like, well, why am I seeing you now? Am I, like, going back to being a kid? And he's like, no, you just wanted one last adventure. <laughs> it just makes me... <laughs> it just... Well, it's great. I mean, it sounds like it really captures the feeling of Calvin and Hobbes and... You know, it was all, so beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people would be scared to write something like that, especially on Reddit. It's a very judgmental forum, yeah. I feel like. Well, but it's the internet. Yeah, it's the yeah, internet. <laughs> but it was awesome because almost every... It's like millions of threads underneath it, and everyone's just like, fuck, man, that was great. <laughs> man, I'm crying at the office right now. But it was good because also, you need to cry sometimes. Yeah. And it felt good. Even now, I feel good. It's a good kind of cry when you read something like that, when you get attached to characters. And, I mean, I cry in almost every book I read just because I get attached to the people. I sometimes cry just at the end of a book because the world is gone. Yeah. But I'm also, again, a very emotional person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I get you a thousand percent on that. Like, when a book is done, it's this weird feeling of both... Uh, almost like relief because mm-hmm. like, you're you're so invested and you're like oh okay like I'm I'm kind of out of that world again but then it's that sadness that you don't have you know live in that world anymore because when I know when I read fiction I, I live in that world while I'm reading it uh, and that's why I read things over and over and over again because I want to return to that world and I want to return to that place where I feel safe and that's what fiction, I think a lot of that, that's what it's about. And I think that's also why a lot of us loved Calvin and Hobbes so much is because we always felt safe reading it. Uh, it was a place of joy, but also kind of a place of sadness. You, yeah. know, the, you know, some of the storylines, like when the raccoon died. Oh, my and, God, when the raccoon died. Oh God, this is the first. That, that was the first. I think that was truly the first piece of fiction that truly affected me when I was growing up. Like, that was the first thing that storyline, like, if you don't know, he finds a, a half-dead raccoon in the forest and then brings it home and then eventually he, he the raccoon dies and Calvin has to deal with death. death for the very first time. You know, actually has to deal with death. Uh, and that was, it was the first thing that I ever read that truly made me sad and it made me feel for a fictional character and it made me connect to that character so much. And God, that's why it's so good. I, could you ever now have a comic strip where the plot line for two weeks is a little boy coming to grips with death. Yeah, right? And but the, also, imagine what Bill Watterson, what he went through when he stopped writing. Uh, I mean, imagine like having a project that you work on for such a long time. I feel it's the same thing that now he doesn't work on anymore. And what is left? Yeah. How do you not live in that world still? I wonder if he still writes things just for him, just to get it out of his system? Or do you think that he was done by the time he was done? I think he was done. Like, when but it was it came, so much of his life. Yeah, but he turned... He, I, I think I've read an interview where he did say, like, yeah, it just came to an end, and it was... It was. I said everything that I wanted to say with it. And it's weird. It's like a friendship or, or, or just a life where it was done, and he let it go. Yeah. I mean, he made something for weird kids everywhere. Yeah. That's why we all loved it when we were growing up because it was all for it was uh that when you were that weird kid who didn't have any other friends that were also that weird kid 
You know, because I, I mean, we all had, you know, I had friends growing up, but I was also the weird kid, the only weird kid. Uh, so to read something uh, and to feel like this connection to another weird kid, like it, it just makes you feel better. And even to this day, reading that, it, it makes you feel better. It always does. Yeah. Like if you ever need to pick me up, pick up Calvin and Hobbes. But, you know, we all form these connections to fictional characters. Admittedly, that's probably the strongest one a lot of us have ever had. And will ever have. I honestly, I had it with Harry Potter. See, I started reading Harry Potter when I was around 11 or 12, which is where Harry Potter was when he started the series. And the last book came out the week that I graduated college. And it like fucked my head (laughs) so much because this was the book like when the fifth book came out in high school when I was even with like a speed freak all my speed freak friends we all went got the book at midnight did a bunch of fucking blow and just stood up stayed up all night <laughs> sitting next to each other reading the books you know it's like even as a fuck up like we were all completely invested in these characters and the first time I ever really cried hard was when Sirius his godfather dies in the fourth book and I just like when I look at the book now I still have all my my copies there's just pit stains like tear stains <laughs> and like pages stuck together because i was crying so hard but i couldn't stop reading and i was like <laughs> i remember i went out to henry we were like high school or i was in middle school or something and he's like what's going on i was like ah, he's like fucking harry because fuck about fucking harry. Yeah, henry with his irrational <laughs> hatred of harry potter hates it so much and like took up so much of my I love. <laughs> but now I can't read it. I feel like it's different than Calvin and Hobbes. I can't read it ever again. No, it's done. No, it's not something that, like, Harry Potter's for a, a very specific time in your life. And if you're over a certain age, you, you can't start reading it. I just don't think it's the same. No, it's really not the same. And it's also very much of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, when I, that first book came out, I remember, yeah, I was I was living up here. And I kind of did the same thing. I read the whole thing, like, three days. Yeah. And it was fantastic. But then when it was over, I was like, oh, no more. But, but, I, but I, it's the only book series that I've loved that I've never gone back and read again. It's just set in its time. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I mean, during it, I reread them. I mean, I've read them all probably like 10 times. <laughs> but the seventh, like the last book, I only read once. Yeah. And I'll never touch them ever again. Um. And I think about it every once in a while. I used to read a lot of fan fiction. A lot of, you know. You were one of those? Oh, yeah, I was. (laughs) But my friends and I would get together and read, like, the X-rated fan fiction. Oh, yeah. We used to, we also used to send those to each other. Oh, I loved it. Like the serious black Snape fan slash Oh, yeah. That that seemed to be the most popular of all of them. That and also, there was a hardcore Hagrid Hermione scene as well. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's kind of my thing. Hello, Hermione. <laughs> you like but, to maybe suck my cock now? But I'm reading Orkanto New. New, new. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Her. Come here and get your medicine. Get out the umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a ride on the hog. <laughs> oh, that's the most disgusting thing I think I've heard all week. Really? Yeah. 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 I win. I get a medal for that. Well, 
well, you know, we still got to record roundtable later on. That's tonight. true. We haven't done that this week yeah. yet. So yeah, I just did a Dahmer episode on last podcast, and that's the most disgusting <laughs> thing I've heard all week. I don't know why that bothers me so much. I win, uh, but it does. <laughs> but I know the the characters that I fell in love with, as far as you know, just recurring characters in books, were the world that Kurt Vonnegut created. Oh uh, my god! All of his different characters, like Kilgore Trout. Uh, and, you know, Billy Pilgrim, Pilgrim only shows up once, but, like, you know, Elliot Rosewater, uh, those characters that just popped in here and there, especially, like, Kilgore Trout. Like and you I, had to know who they were. Yeah. To make... And that's what I love is that he didn't pussyfoot around explaining who this... Like, if you don't know who they are, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> just keep reading more of the books, and then you'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it's weird. Now, I don't think anyone gives Vonnegut credit for like building a, a world. It's a whole environment. You know, he, he, I mean, just him as a narrator, like his perspective of things, that he is like this overseer of this creation, this world that he made. I mean, that's why I love Vonnegut so much. Me too. Uh, it, it was. And I'm just. I'm starting to read Mother Night again. Uh, and, oh man, yeah. the Nazi one, right? Oh, it's the Nazi one. It, it's such a fantastic. So good. It's so good. But no, and that it does have a, a great uh, point to it. Like the the moral of the story, as he says, like in the very beginning, is uh, be careful uh, who we uh, pretend to be. Uh, and they always have great morals. Breakfast of Champions, oh. like oh my god! So and like with the the beaver picture, like the oh. the pussy, pa- all the weird pictures in it, and basically it's just like, you know, don't be a fuck up, yeah. <laughs> don't be an egotistical asshole. <laughs> you know, that's what my dad said every time I left the house when I was uh, in high school. I don't go, be all a right. fuck. yeah. He's like, all right, dad, I'll I'll see you later. He goes, don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good general sentiment. Don't yeah. fuck up. You know, my dad said something to me a couple days ago uh, that I really loved. Uh, and I was talking to him, you know, in, in Texas, we've got the the worst drought that we've had. There's entire cities, like not just towns, but cities like Wichita Falls. Uh, it's going to be out of water in two years. Uh, and that's just a fact, maybe even shorter. And it's going through the worst drought it's ever been through. Uh, and it's just dust and sand all the time. And uh, And he said, you know what? Sometimes the wind blows 20 and sometimes it blows 40, but it always fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, for me, like, I, I took that as yeah. just a fucking, a great motto for life. You know, sometimes it blows 20, sometimes it blows 40, but it's always going to fucking blows, blow. It always blows, man. Yeah. And you always just got to do whatever you can do uh, to fight it. You know, you just have to accept it as a part of life is that the wind is always going to fucking blow and it's always going to be full of fucking dust and dirt and it's going to get in your eyes and it's going to get in your teeth. Uh, But, you know, you just got to figure out a way to get around it. I love Southern dadism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's full of them. I I dated a girl a while back who said that uh, she said my dad talks in poetry. (laughs) But he has no, but he's just a big fat, like. Just man, yeah, he's a brilliant man. Like, yeah, like he's a, an absolutely brilliant man. But it's uh, he just talks in such a way that you know he talks he talks like Deadwood a Deadwood character. Mm. Like that. Uh, if I were to if I were to describe my dad's manner of speech, it would be like he talks like Al Swearingen. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, that is great. the opposite of the way I could describe my father's speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your dad talks like a former NYPD officer. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah faggot. Hey, fucking, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> Not a whole words, just a lot of that. It's like, yeah. 
All right, well, I'm going to finish my cigarette and <laughs> go back inside. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's get to our letters for today. Uh, if you've got anything you want to send to us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. we got a, quite a backlog of letters right now, I'd say. We've got uh, a lot of people to get to, but... Uh, you know, I, and I want to say, like, you know, our letters lately have been getting a, a little heavier, and I just I want to thank everybody for sharing the shit that they do with us, for yeah. trusting us with this stuff, uh, and trusting that you know we might have something to say that uh, that could help you, and just you know, thanks for trusting us with your deepest, darkest fucking secrets. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, well, what are we gonna call this first girl? Hmm. Let's call her. Wigwam. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what it says. <laughs> All right, yeah, we got to be light up top because gotta be light ones, up top because the ones today are you know they're 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 a little dark, a little but, dark. but we'll get to them. To Jackie and Marcus, I've recently adopted my 16 year old brother. We've been living together for a few months before my grandma begged to move in with us due to having a bigger place and she can't make the bills alone. We've been living with her for a few months and we both want to gut the bitch. I'm a 20-year-old full-time student and the head maid of a motel. I make my bills and my brother does begrudgingly help. My grandma likes to bitch, whine, and moan about what god-awful people we are and how we do nothing for her. I've tried several times to see things from her perspective. She belittles me for being too analytical or, quote, cold-hearted while she runs solely on emotions. She's easy to get her feelings hurt. While my brother is most likely smarter than me, he walks away and leaves her. I actually try to help her calm down. She bullies us to go to her church, which is led by a Pentecostal pastor who cheats on his wife and publicly shames gays when I am an outed lesbian. I want to make peace within the home, but I'm starting to think I need to take my brother and leave. What advice can you give me? I don't want to leave her. She's my grandma, and she is ill. Thank you, Wigwon. This is definitely a hard situation, mm-hmm. and congr- thank you so much for adopting your brother. That's I don't amazing. Know, that's insane, and that also takes such strength. And right now, you are the matriarch of this family. Yes. Of uh, You are the one that, unfortunately, is rationally and emotionally in charge. And I think that you're doing a great job trying to take care of the entire situation. With your grandmother, it's hard to deal with someone that runs completely on emotions. Mm. I think that picking and choosing your battles are, of course, always the way to go with that. I would say that one of your battles should be that you do not have to go to that church if you do not want to have to go, if you don't want to go. If you're going to be made uncomfortable and feel like you're under attack. That is something that you shouldn't have to go through, especially that religion is a choice. You are old enough and you are definitely obviously mature enough to make your own decision in that factor. I don't think that you should live there anymore. I think that your grandmother is sick and it depends on how sick does she need help Emotionally, Is that why you're there? Does she need help physically? These are things that now you are put in charge of to make the decisions for. Does she need to be in a home? Is she at that point? And if she's not, then probably you'd have the money to at least have someone to be able to come in and be with her. Yeah. Or if she has the money to do that. 
I mean, it sounds like if she's begging you to let her move in, and if you're paying all the bills and probably paying for college as well, if you're the head maid of a motel, you know, it's possible that putting her up somewhere else um, might not be a possibility for you. It sounds like what you've fallen into here is uh, what you call if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. And if you've ever read this old children's story uh, that it's a fucking great story and it's actually kind of a great thing to remember throughout life. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, the story is called if you give a mouse a cookie he's going to ask for a glass of milk. Uh, and he keeps and, asking for more yeah. and keeps asking for more. Yeah, he keeps asking for more and more and more until eventually he's got everything. It's like, all right, well, first of all, she begged you uh, to move into her place. She begged you to pay her bills. You moved in. You paid her bills. Then she starts bugging you to go to church with her. You went to church with her. And she's wanting more and more of your emotions, more of your time. She sounds like a fucking vampire. She's a leech. She's an emotional leech. She's an emotional leech, and she's fucking draining you. It sounds like she's draining you constantly. And really, your brother, yeah, he does have the right idea. Uh, But I think Yeah, but that's also siblings, too. I mean, I feel like everyone's siblings, there's the one that takes all the shit, Mm -hmm. and then there's the one that doesn't. Yeah. And there's a middle ground to be found between that. Uh, it's just like Jackie said at the very beginning of this, is that it, it's about picking your battles. Uh, and so you don't have to constantly engage her all the time. And I know what type of crusty old bitch you're dealing oh, with. Oh, yeah. You're dealing with the type of woman who says off-the-wall shit that uh, you feel like you must respond to in defense of humanity. That's most old people. They just start spouting off-the-wall awful shit, and you feel like that you must respond to it. Right. And, but you don't. You absolutely don't. And also, I know you're 20. And when you're 20, I think 20 is the hardest age to shut the fuck up. Well, like, especially when you're not even able to be 20 right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, you are bumped into 45. Which sucks. Yeah. But it also the same, but underneath you're still 20. Yeah. You know, you still are where it's like, this is me, this is who I am, and you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. You've got both of them. You get the responsibilities of, yeah, a 45 year old woman that's taking care of her mother with a 16 year old son, but you're also 20 years old. Uh, and that's a fucking rough thing to deal with. I'm sorry that you have to deal with this. Like, it sucks that this is, you know, where life is taking you right now. But you have to make the best of it. And you have to figure out how you can live at least a reasonably happy life. If you stay with this woman, then yes, you will deal with her shit on a day-to-day basis. You're not going to change her. She is an old woman who is set in her ways and she is not going to change. That's just the way it goes. That's the way humans are. Uh, so what? the only thing that can be changed is how you deal with her and how you take her in on a day-to-day basis. And you know what? You should probably also get on your little brother about carrying Stepping some fucking up. weight. He's old enough now to step up. Yeah, he's old enough to step up and to carry some of this weight along with you. I mean, you, granted, you guys are in a shitty situation, and if it was a better way, then yeah, he could be 16 as well and just be 16. But unfortunately, in this situation, he's going to have to share some of the load with you. And I feel like if you come to him 
in that way saying hey i need your help i need you to help me i need you to support me i need you to be there for me so that we can get through this yeah this is unfortunately something that you're going to have to get through, even possibly until he's out of high school, I'm assuming, or I don't know how old your grandmother is, but also remembering that this is a bad battle of power and control for your grandmother. She probably hasn't been able to control a household in a long time. Yeah. And part of her wanting you to be in that house, this is at least speaking as someone that has an extremely controlling grandmother as well, is that... When you want control, like controlling people are very good at manipulation. And I feel like you even possibly feeling guilty or feeling sorry for her is probably coming from being manipulated into thinking that she needs help or, oh, she's old. Oh, I, you know, I understand you need to respect your grandmother. But at the end of the day, she's, she just wants to get what she wants. Yeah. Just because she's old doesn't mean that that has changed. If she's always been that way, she's going to get what she wants, which it seems like right now she's getting everything that she wants. Complete control over you. Complete control over both of your lives. And if she was doing things maternally, at least like, keeping the house or doing like if she was in any way supporting the two of you that would be one thing but it doesn't seem like that's the kind of person she is she does not have your best interest in mind she may think that she does she might she might think like i know best i need to i need to get these kids to church they need religion in their lives you know i know how i should be treated and i know how you should live your life and I've been on the earth longer than you have, so everything that I know, go, everything that I say goes. Uh, but that's not true. You know, just because a person's old doesn't mean they're right. Uh, and I think that's a fallacy that a lot of elderly people fall into. And not just elderly people, but just the older you get, the more set in your ways that you get and the more narrow your view gets. The more narrow you think like, okay, this is the way my life has been. This is the way I've done things in my life and in my situations. So therefore those things must work for everybody in all situations. And that's just not fucking true. You know, that's never true. Sure. I mean, how, even with, with us, with me and Jackie is that we can give you guys our opinions on things and we can give you our life experiences uh, but the paths that our lives have taken are completely different from the path that your life has taken. I'm not just talking to Wigwam here I'm talking to every single fucking listener Yeah, uh, there is no cut and paste advice there's no cut and paste direction no matter who you're talking to no no matter who you're talking to there, there's no cut and paste in any of these in any of this we've all got our own experiences that shape us. We've all got our own outside influences. Uh, and your grandmother doesn't know your life. Was she raising a 16-year-old boy, going to college, and working a full-time job at 20? I guarantee you no. No, she wasn't. She does not know your life, so she does not know what you need. Uh, and it could be, I mean, you could also ignore her. You know, you could also, and you telling her these things, like telling her these things, like I'm not, well, no, I'm not ignoring her. I would say that's something to keep in mind when she's yapping at you and when she's bitching at you, keep that in mind that she's an old person who does not have your experiences uh, and you can let it roll off your back so much easier. Because I feel like also being on the defensive is such an easy road to take. <clears throat> 
that if someone is pushing you against something, although it seems like you are fairly, you acquiesce to what she wants, but then in the opposite way, don't start to just be like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's not going to work either. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like we talked about before, sometimes you have to deal with manipulation with manipulation. Yes. And part of being a matriarch weirdly enough is that you got I mean it's the Game of Thrones <laughs> you have to know how you have to know how to work it and this is something that at 20 I mean you're already starting to learn how to do that anyway but now you just have to hit the fast forward button mm-hmm. because you got shit to take care of you're the queen of thorns right now you are <laughs> which also but that's the power in that remember that she is not in charge of you Mm-mm. she's not you can respect her and and you can listen to what she has to say but she does not run your life no you do in fact you run her life Yes, you pay her bills. Yes. And yes, you are living in her house, uh, but you also have the option to move out. Yes. If you were were living outside of her house before, probably in a much smaller place, if you were living outside before, then you can probably move out again and find a a smaller place. But, you know, that place may be smaller. It might be a longer commute to, to college or to work, but it'll be happier. You know, but and also, you can't let and you cannot let her hold that over you because I guarantee you that's what she's been doing. It's like you're living in my house right now. You're living here. So you gotta do what I say. You gotta listen to me. And if she starts holding that over your head, then say like, All right, well, I can move out and you can pay your own fucking bills. Unfortunately, you gotta fight fire with fire every once in a while. It doesn't yeah. always work, but I feel like in this situation the threat would probably scare her a little bit because she needs you as much as she doesn't want to admit it. Yes. Even just, I mean, that's what, unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with our grandmother right now is we finally detached her from hurting us so bad that now she's on her own and she used to be such a good manipulator that no one would ever know that she was such a horrible monster. Mm-hmm. People would be like, oh, what are you talking about, Millie? Millie is the nicest woman. What are you talking But now that she doesn't have us to feed on anymore, she's a raving lunatic. Nice. They started to sedate her because she can't handle the fact that she has no one to control anymore. Wow. And that everyone knows that she's a monster and she can't manipulate anyone anymore and she's completely unhinged that's uh, i mean that's what happens when those people don't they have to have their outlets they have so much bile inside of them so much bile and rage for whatever reason but there has to be an outlet and if they don't have since they don't have your family anymore it goes to everyone around them it just sprays out it's like a fuck it suddenly becomes instead of just a fucking pipeline it's like someone shoves a thumb over over a hose yeah and it just sprays everywhere instead of just flowing out and flooding one person's life it sprays all over everyone and Uh, you don't deserve it no 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 you do not deserve to be this woman's hate pipeline i mean no one deserves that from anyone uh and you least of all who seem like a pretty fucking good person um so you talk know, to your brother. Talk to your brother. Stay above all. Stay calm. Yes. In all things. That will drive her insane. Staying calm because that's what she wants. She wants you to fight back. She wants you uh, to scream and yell and tell her fuck you and all of that. Just be calm about it. And, and if she needs to be able to get to church, drop her off. Yeah, drop her off. Wait outside while she's in church. You know, those are the kind of things that, all right, I will help you get there if you need help getting there. I will take you, but I will not go inside anymore. Yeah. And it's to take care of yourself. It's to take care of your brother. You don't deserve that shit. 
No, and you don't need to do that. You know what? Here, hell, a fucking nice compromise. Drop her off and, I don't know, go to a fucking coffee shop. Yeah. Something like that. You don't have to go all the way back home and sit there and wait. Just take that time while she's in church. Take that time to do something for yourself. Or you sit know? and read. Something yeah. you want to read. Yes. You know? Yeah. Sit and read and enjoy some other fiction besides the Bible. Better like, utilize that time to get your fucking homework done. Yeah. And all the other shit you got to do. It's like, all right, well, I don't want to do that. So how about I do something proactive with that time? Yeah. And that, that will make you feel better. And it will keep you from, it will keep you doing it. Uh, if you really come to enjoy that time, uh, and if it really does relax you, then it will keep you doing it over and over again. But if you just go home and watch TV or some shit like that, all you're going to be thinking about is what's going to happen when I have to go pick that bitch up again. You know, what yeah. I, and then you're going to feel guilty about it and you're going to start thinking about it. But if you take some time for just yourself to just do whatever, uh, something active, something that will get your brain going, I'll be the best thing for you. Wigwam, let us know how it goes. Let us know, Wigwam. All right. So uh, our next one uh, is kind of the same um it's ilk of the, the letter that we talked about last week. Uh, it's also in, involving uh, abuse. It's a, a pretty it's a pretty heavy one, uh, but let's... Shit, let's just jump right into it. What are we going to call her? Mm, um, Skittles. I guess that's the best... Sure. Skittles. Skittles. Let's go for Skittles. It's like, hello, sex and other human activities. I'm a younger user who listens to this show and last podcast. I'm going to ask a serious question. I can't tell my mom or anyone, but I've told them bits and pieces. When I was about seven years old, I had a friend. One night when I was having a sleepover and we shared his bed, he whispered, I don't have pants on. I said something to the degree of no way. He reached over and grabbed my hand and stuck them to his crotch. And you can fill in the blanks. I was stunned as to what happened, and I just let him do it. After he stopped, he slept. I was scared and didn't fall asleep. After that, I thought I would get in trouble. He didn't say anything, so I went back another day, and it happened again, then again, then again. After one year of this, it went further. He would undress me and then make me do things. I'm scared of pressing charges. I sometimes will cry at night or cut my arms. Please tell me what I did wrong. Skills. Nothing. You didn't do anything wrong. Absolutely nothing. Not this a single not your fucking fault. thing. It is not your fault. No. None of it is. None of it is. You didn't do a single fucking thing wrong. Do not think ever for a second that you ever did anything wrong concerning this because you didn't. And anyone who might ever tell you throughout your life, if you ever tell anyone about this, and you're going to have to, when you tell someone about this, if they ever tell you that you did anything wrong, you can give them a firm fuck you. Yep. Because you did nothing wrong. And if anyone ever tells you that, do not let anyone tell you that. Do not ever believe that you did anything wrong. Anyone that is the victim of, of abuse did nothing wrong. You did not do that. And this is not something that you did. This was something that was done to you. Even though I can see how you might think in the logic that you have, I'm sure, is that you performed an act. And, and that, that you, the fact that you kept going back there. Yeah, the fact that you kept going back there and that you performed an act, I'm sure in your mind, in your logic, that you did something wrong. You were a child. Yeah. If you went there, 
and especially if someone had no idea what was going on that because it's hard you can't you can't when you're that young you don't know how to tell someone that hell even now you don't even know how to tell someone these things that are going on and you going back there isn't your fault it happened yeah it is not your fault no the person that did it to you it's their fucking fault yes 100 percent. and if there's any way that you can press charges that would be great the problem is is that i don't know how long it's been and even if you feel comfortable telling anyone, which I understand if you don't, there's unfortunately a statute of limitations. And he's also a juvenile offender. I, I would not recommend pressing charges. No. Uh, I, I absolutely would not. Um, with, with kids, with juvenile offenders and, and things like this, it's, and you know, and this, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to completely say 100%, I may not know what I'm talking about here. I, I may, with this, like I, if anyone wants to write in and let us know further information on this, as far as pressing charges and as far as uh, legalities go, I'm not going to say anything to you about that because I just don't know. I'm going to have to be like, neither one of us know no. about this. So and please write in if you do know. If anyone out there knows anything about this, you know, if they, if you know the legalities of it or anything like that, if you, you know, we've got some social workers out there, uh, Squishy Sally talking to you. Yeah. I know please. you're a social if, yeah, worker. Yeah, if you can help us. Yeah, if you can help us out as far as what, uh, what this person's... Uh, options are then please let us know uh and then we can talk about it on on a later show um but what we can tell you 100 percent is that this is not your fault at all and you should never think that it is and uh, if there's any way i don't know how old you are now but if there's any way that there's any adult that you trust if there's a teacher or a neighbor or someone that you trust please talk to someone Talk. I mean, if you're crying and you're cutting your arms at night, then this is a very serious thing to deal with. This is the type of thing that can lead to a very bad place. It's yes. a place you're in a place of self hatred right now. You're in a, a place of of depression. Uh, I'm sure other people have noticed a change in you. I'm sure they're asking you, "What's up? What's wrong? What's going on?" Uh, and you can, if you trust. If you say that you've already told your mom bits and pieces, then that means you're just ramping up to tell her. You want to tell her. I can tell. You know you want to tell her. And you should. And you should. If she's someone that will understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you trust people and they tell you things like it was your fault. Yeah. Which that's why we're saying, remember, it's not your fault. No. No matter what anyone says to you, never let them tell you that it's your fault because that is not even close to being true. Um, that unfortunately happened with my mother who was repeatedly raped by a priest. And when she told her mother about it, my grandmother told her it was her fault and that she asked for it. I never get that. I, I never under. I, and my mom believed that for a really long time. And that's... Not okay. No. And remember when you tell them that that you are a strong person. You did not ask for this. This is not your fault. No. And we believe in you. And I'm really, really happy you wrote in. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm glad you... Because maybe even just getting it off your chest just once. Hopefully this... Sending even the letter... Sending in the letter made you feel better. 
and that you'll be able to talk to someone now. Yeah. So you're on your way. You've already told us, and we've told you as as much as we can right now, uh, but this is something that needs to make its way into the real world. Yes. Because this is the internet. This is not the real world. Uh, And as much as it helps, as much as listening to this might help you. Which I'm glad. I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope to fucking Christ it does. But this now needs to take a step into the real world. Um, Let us know. And please, if you're able to make a promise to yourself, make a promise to us, please stop cutting yourself. Please. You can, write it write it out write yeah. it down do anything else paint get use another way to emote find another way to make yourself feel better that is not cutting yourself or doing drugs just find anything to yeah. make you feel better what you're looking for right now is an outlet of some kind and you don't know you don't know where to find it and you don't know what else to do, all you're looking for is an outlet, please find a different outlet. And if you want to hear more, we had a guest on uh, a few, a couple of months ago, we had a, a guest, uh, comedian Justy Dodge, who was uh, a cutter for most of her life and still struggles with it to this day. It's episode 93. It's called uh, Deep Cuts. Go and listen to that, and you can listen to someone who's had uh, experience with this and is able has been able to get over this stuff. Uh and I hope that helps out a lot. Hearing someone who came out the other side and who's had to deal with it, go check that out. And, and turn it into comedy. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, and like as much as there, just, there is an outlet. Yeah. Just try a bunch of different shit. Just try as much as you can. And please let us know what happens. Yeah. Please let us know what happens. And, and please, anyone out there that has, uh, that can tell us anything about the legalities of this or, or, where that should go uh and you know maybe it's not even our our place to talk about that uh at all you know but just we just want to help we just want to help that, that's <laughs> all that's all we want to do all we want to do uh is help on this so uh, yeah if anyone out there knows uh let us uh, send us an email cavecomedyradio at gmail.com uh skittles please keep in contact with us let us know what's going on uh and uh, if anybody else out there has uh, anything to ask us, anything that you want to get off your chest. If you just want to write an email to get something off your chest that you, you don't... That you just need to tell somebody. Yeah, that you just need to tell somebody that you don't want us to read on air or anything like that. Anything. If you, if you just want to tell somebody, gavecomedyradio.gmail.com, that's the place and to And if do you it. don't want us to talk about it, I mean, it's just as good as writing something down and burning it. Yeah. But every once in a while, you just need someone to know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, we'll be ne- back next week. Hopefully uh, I won't be as emotional of a mess <laughs> as I have been this week. <laughs> but, you know, I can't guarantee it. No, no. <laughs> I, I just certainly can't guarantee it. <laughs> certainly not. We wouldn't thank have you, you any other way. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.